Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Evening London and welcome to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with myself James Sherwood and Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Gents, I must say it's an absolute pleasure to be here. This is my uh, first ever show in the week, but I'm not sure whether I'll last it because, uh, Ricky, you're smiling, but Jace, you haven't smiled since I've stepped into the studio. What's the problem, mate? This is definitely the last one you'll ever be doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for listeners out there, we've got to put up with a bloke in a JVC red rag. Put it that way. <laughs> it is a red rag to a ball. This guy, I, mean, I got it out of my ridiculous. bag, and his face just dropped, and then he's paced up and down the office like he's about to knock me out. But I have got security here, so it shouldn't be a huge problem. And I'm trying to get in the spirit of things. I'm dancing along to the Glory Glory Tottenham Hotspur song. It's a bit of an oxymoron because I am wearing an Arsenal shirt. But, gents, like I said to Joe Forrester, I wanted to bring some... Something in the studio a bit more current than Tottenham's trophy cabinet. Ooh. <laughs> well, tell you what, are you looking forward to your six-pointer against West Ham this weekend in the relegation battle? Are you looking forward to that? Well, I'm not an Arsenal fan, mate, so don't bother me. As long as Trump will pick all up say. three points against all Peterborough uh, tonight, I'll be happy. But listen, boys, I'm really looking forward to doing the show anyway. You know, I uh, support all of the London clubs when they're not playing Charlton Athletic, of course, being one of the hosts here at Love Sport Radio. And I suppose what I want to ask you first and foremost is people have been talking about this crisis at Tottenham, right? I mean, what crisis? Two great results, you know, a difficult away tie at uh, St James's, and then dealing with business at the weekend versus Fulham, who have spent over 100 million in the window. 
Yeah, we haven't got a stadium as well. Yeah. Not too bad, is it? Without a home. Uh, what did you make of the result of the weekend? For me personally, I thought it was, a, again, a good, good performance from Spurs. I thought we started the game off really, really well, dominated the opening periods of it. Fulham, to be fair, after half-time, for me, they really came out the, the traps. And to be fair, they were more than deserving of their equaliser. But fair play to Pochettino in the past. He's been criticised for not making substitutions quicker enough during last season. But, you know, as I said, fair play to him. Changed the game. Debele come on. And as soon as Musa came on, different game. And we saw Kieran Trippier with an absolutely incredible free kick. Shades of Moscow. And Harry Kane, well, you know... What curse? What August curse? Great finish. <laughs> Never Kane. happened. 14 and a half games says what? You know, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Do you think he'll go on to score bucketfuls now, Jace? Well, that's the worry, isn't it? He's broke the August hoodoo, but <laughs> you now worry that will affect the rest of the season or something, and he'll only end up with 12. But well, no, I mean, he'll... Uh, usually, as soon as he puts one in, they just start to yeah, flow, they don't they? just start to flow, and, um, you know, there's no reason to, to think he won't get that 30 mark again this year, providing he's, he's fit enough. So he'll probably have to play what? He'll play 30 games and score 30 goals type of thing. So it's just just an astonishing rate he scores at. Ricky, you mentioned about uh, Dembele coming on and that being an influential part of the game. Um, so I suppose it's good that you hold on to him then because I spoke to uh, Dom from the Fulhamish podcast and he said that that was a pivotal moment as well. But there was talk of Dembele leaving Spurs in the summer, wasn't there? Are you glad you held on to him? Oh, I am now. Bearing in mind, obviously, <laughs> we didn't do any summer business. I think for Spurs, it was always a case of if we couldn't bring in better than what we've already got, Spurs just weren't going to move for it. We've discussed the transfer window at length. We don't want to keep going back through it. But just in relation to Dembele, you know, we've seen the, the, the games he's come on recently, the Fulham game, and obviously um, the game before that, Newcastle, that he's changed the game when he's come on. And he's made a real, real difference. And you can't even consider allowing this guy to go in the, you know, there's days left of the uh, overseas window. I don't think Spurs will allow the player to go because we've just seen how important he is for Spurs. And fair, fair play to him because... He did say in the summer that he wouldn't be leaving Spurs for a direct Premier League rival. We made that absolutely clear. I think the, the hardest thing for Tottenham, which we have seen with Dembele's form, is trying to replace a man like that. And that's why we haven't been able to bring in someone as good as him, because we're, he's that good. If I'm being honest with you, he's been absolutely incredible. Came on, like I say, the last couple of games. And yeah, it's like he's never been away. But the biggest concern about Dembele for me is can he maintain that form for the season? That's just my biggest concern. Jase, what do you think? Has he got enough to maintain it? Well, I think his his position in the summer was slightly different, obviously, to the to the Rose and Toby situation. Anyway, I, I think I don't think anyone particularly wanted to lose Musa Dembele in the summer, but it's it's a question of how fit can he stay and what influence can he have, and, and maybe you have to accept that his role this year will be that we've seen in those first two games, coming on with twenty minutes to go, trying to grab control of a game back. But I, I think in an ideal world, you want your key central midfield player to be starting games and finishing games and you want him to be playing 40 games a season and that's my my worry with Moussa Dembele when he's on the pitch it's great but all the time he's there you kind of have to rely on him being there and if he's only going to be there in fits and starts then that's where you, you're going to have the problem so you know he, he was magnificent when he came on Saturday but as I say you're, you're bringing him on at what 60 60 minutes to a side that they're not necessarily tired Fulham but the game's set then and, and what I really want there is he's got to be on at minute one setting the game himself that's the the problem with Moussa Dembele well if you're a Spurs fan out there and you're listening we're going to be re- 
reviewing this uh, Spurs-Fulham game from the weekend for about the first half hour of the show or so. So if you want to get involved in the conversation with myself, uh, Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast, then give us a shout, guys. The number is 0208 70 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Yeah, Last Word on Spurs at Rick Spur and Jace. At, uh, at THFC 76 There you go, the boys are in the studio waiting for your opinions on how the mighty Tottenham Hotspur are currently doing 558am Love Sport you are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio this evening with myself, James Sherwood, and the boys from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Gents, we've been talking about this fantastic result of the weekend, the London derby against Fulham. 3-1 home result there. Uh, were you surprised that Poch uh, returned to a back three? Um, particularly within that back three, of course, is Toby Alderweireld. Um, is, is all forgotten now and he is welcomed back with love? Or are we worried that he's jumping ship in January? I mean, what's happening there? Well, to answer the first part, I was surprised to see the back three because we haven't really had the back three since, since what, November last year. It's it's pretty much been a, a back four. Toby coming back, uh, it was a surprise a little bit that, that Pochettino went down that way. But my, my whole take on the summer was if if Pochettino didn't want to pick Toby Alderweireld and he was purely using him as a Carabao Cup player and, and games like that, then don't turn down the big money. If Pochettino really wants to pick him and he does intend to use him at games like Saturday coming up at Old Trafford and he will play your, your big games and he will play your Champions League games, then obviously he's an asset to have at the club. So it's, it's my case was always, what does Pochettino want? If he wants him out and he's not intending to use him, then you take the money. Lucas Moura getting on the score sheet for the first time in his Spurs career. How important a player could he be this season for Tottenham? I mean, I've been so impressed with the guy in pre-season. Really, really have been. It just shows for me what that does for a player to have the benefit of working with Pochettino for a good sustained two to three month period because we definitely saw towards the back end of last season glimpses of his quality and I honestly do believe, you know, although we've been scored in the past with wingers like NG and Nkudu, I think Mora could be the real deal. You know, it was a great goal at the weekend. It's funny, we did like a show on, was it Sunday evening, Monday night now where we discussed about do we believe Mora has the potential to really go on and, you know, make himself a big name in a Spurs shirt and I think there was still a kind of people were still undivided a little bit and I think that's because Spurs we haven't seen a winger in the most recent times come through I mean Bale would you say was a winger he was more of a playmaker developed he kind of got his own role in he the kind end of got his it was own like role a free role end. it was like Gareth yeah. just go on there and score the goals <laughs> that are going to win the game <laughs> no I agree but I mean with regards to Mora really really impressed by him this obviously start to the season hopefully I mean I just think he's got to take advantage now of Sonny being out the team for a while because when Sonny comes back you'd like to think he may jump straight back into the team Jace potentially well, it, I've always said it. You know, he has the the advantage of Son being away right at the start of the season, and then it's up to him to like any player. You got to grab that shirt, and he was a little bit in and out of the game at Newcastle. Didn't do a lot. Saturday, I thought his work ethic was fantastic through the game. He was certainly put in a shift, scored a fantastic goal. It'll be interesting to see what happens what formation and such they go down on, on Old Trafford on Monday but he certainly laid a marker Sonny hopefully will be at the Asian Games he'll probably miss I think that first game back 
from the international break, providing Korea go all the way to the final. And it's it's that's the thing, isn't it? If you're in possession of the shirt and you're performing, then you can't be left out of the side. But you get that feeling it'll only take one bad game yeah. for Son to come back in, and then he'll have to to really fight. So he's got to get that consistent 90 minutes performances under his belt. Well, Spurs fans out there, let's have your opinions on Spurs' strongest eleven. Maybe should Lucas yeah, Moura definitely. be in it moving forwards? The number to call to get involved in the conversation is 0208 70 258. Or if you're a little bit bashful, hit us up across the socials at Love Sport Radio. So, gents, with this in mind, um, with Lucas Moura playing so well, you mentioned that Sun's away. One criticism that is often labelled at Tottenham is that there's an obvious strongest eleven, and that eleven always plays. And then by the end of end of the season, there seems to be this little bit of burnout that happens. Do you think maybe there needs to be a bit more rotation within the whole season? Well, I think, you know, look at the likes of Lamella who came on, Dembele who came on. I think Pochettino's got more than just 11 players now. He really, really has. But I think with Poch, he has what we call, when we mentioned it on our show last night, he's got what's called a trusted circle of around 15, 16 players. Doesn't normally want to deviate away from that. So in answer to the question, I think the squad is bigger than just the 11. I think you've got like Lamella will come on. Mora will come on if Son doesn't start. You know, Dembele, I think now, for me, Dembele, just to go back to him for a second, I think his greatest impact for me is going to be off the bench. And I think Jace also, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I don't think he's ready to start games for Spurs, but I think as an impact player, he'd be great. Harry Winks, he's got to come back into the squad. You know, Sonny's going to come back as well. There's plenty of options for Tottenham. So I think it's more than just the 11, 12 players. But as we've said, to go and push this squad on, that's why we wanted that little bit more of investment. But who knows? I think I think oh, just a problem is that central midfielder. I've never had a problem because I think Lamella Son, Ericsson, Ali, Moore. Lucas Mora, you've got five behind Kane. So and when Kane doesn't play when we when he has the odd injury problem, they've kind of found a way to, to play a full Son nine has stepped and up. Son stepped up in games. I think you still want a genuine striker for certain we missed Harry Kane at Old Trafford last year where Sonny tries to lead the line and he, he can't really lead the line in those situations. So against some teams it'll work. But but the area where we haven't got Wanyama's still showing no signs of returning to fitness so you're stuck with Eric Dyer constantly having to play so you're saying stuck you're not the biggest fan no I I didn't mean it that way I just meant you you haven't got the option to to switch and change between Wanyama and Eric Dyer so you've got to play Eric Dyer at the moment and then there's also the the problem alongside him that if you do play with two deeper midfield players Dembele can't start Harry Winks is, I mean he's just coming he's, how many games has Winks started in the last Not many. 18 months really no. I mean it's it's minimal so you know that's that's the area where perhaps you're you're having to there's not the options that you'd like in there. Um, I read a really good article today. Uh, Kieran Trippier, of course, scored a fantastic free kick <laughs> against Fulham at the weekend. Scored a great one in the World Cup, which almost announced him on a world stage to a certain extent, didn't it? Uh, in this article, anyway, they said, is he now going to be vying for free kick duty off of Christian Eriksen? How would you two answer that question? Well, I mean, for me personally, you know, bear in mind you saw the one he, he took at the weekend and you saw what he done in the World Cup. How could you take him off him at the I moment? I understand that Ericsson hasn't scored one in the league since October 2015. That's a long, long time, right? It is it's a long time. He does hit the wall on quite a few occasions, doesn't he, Jason? You hear that groan. Oh. <laughs> I think he had, he had one Saturday, didn't he, that the keeper saved at the foot of the post. That's right, yep. I think he took the first one, Trippier yep. the second. I mean, the strange thing is that, that, as I think I pointed out before, at the Euros, the last Euros, Eric Dyer smashed one in for England against Russia in that game. And I think he's only ever taken one for Tottenham after that and so it was interesting to see Trippier 
get that chance and take it so early and it didn't appear that Ericsson had too much of a problem allowing him to do it and what a fantastic free kick I, I mean, guess that's what you want to see isn't it like the, the rotation and the course. fact that no one's got too much of an ego that I am taking every free kick I think that's why Pochettino has been so kind of, what's the right word, hesitant maybe in bringing certain players in because he's all about keeping the squad philosophy, the squad culture. He won't want to bring in anyone that upsets the dressing room. You've seen there, like we've said, he's got a tight bunch of players, 15, 16 players to choose from. And I honestly think, believe from my perspective, he's trying to use a siege mentality here of, you know, we're all in this together. And that's why you've seen, I think, a change in him this season with his press conferences saying, you know, the players that want to want to play will play those are committed will want to play it's again trying to create that siege mentality we've seen Mourinho do it before you know when he, you know Chelsea we saw him do that it's trying to create this culture where it's us against them and sometimes it can work for the benefit and we're definitely seeing it at the moment for Spurs well, long may it continue, I guess. But I listen, if you're out there, guys, and you want to get involved in the conversation, then give us a shout. The number is 0208 70 20 558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. This is Love Sport. The Fan Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to £1 million. Welcome back to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, hosted by James Sherwood this evening with the boys from the Last Word on Spurs podcast, Ricky and Jace. Uh, boys, we had our first tweet of the evening in from Yossel, who is saying, our second striker is Delhi. Why does no one admit to this? So you, he obviously thinks that the squad is fine as it is, but are you not always one injury away from a Harry Kane disaster? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. We saw when... Kane got injured a couple of times last year that Sonny stepped up and don't get me wrong Yossel's you know, entitled to his opinion I, I agree that Delhi's a great player um, he contributed last season with his goals don't get me wrong but then say that Delhi's a second striker for me I, I don't see that being the case I don't think Delhi's a second striker he's a great contributor of goals don't get me wrong his link up play with Kane's essential but Jace would you say he's a second striker for Spurs? Well I think as as we said when, when Kane's not there we, we kind of have false number nines and things like that I think Deli Alley's much better facing goal running onto a ball I think part of that striker role if you only play with one is, is that ability to to win balls in the air hold it up allow others to join in and that's that's where Kane and Alley links are well because Kane so often can flick it on to Alley who's on rushing I thought Kane's link up play Saturday some of the times he he took control of the ball and hit balls wide was was fantastic as well as the goal that he scored but Deli Ali, without a doubt is a great goal scorer I think he actually scores more poacher type of goals than Harry Kane does so many if, if you think of the goals Deli Ali scored there's not many great goals in there I think there's the bender against Watford that unforgettable one at Palace but other than that they're nearly all quite instinctive first time close in finishes so he definitely gets into poachers positions but I don't think of him as as being the striker I think you know it, it will be more likely Son that, that plays that role than 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 Deli Ali, but even that that's the same kind of thing with Sonny he can't lead that line I think as well um, when you've got Harry Kane on the pitch obviously it occupies the centre half and they are worried about what he's going to do at any moment opens up space for Deli Ali. Uh, possibly with the golfing class within the Premiership you could lead the line with Son against other teams but when it comes to the big matches when it comes to Champions League you do need another established centre forward would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think if you're going to 
in, in some of the games, if you're playing, I know you're playing Bournemouth or you're playing Newcastles and things where you're going to dominate the ball, particularly at home, then then it's not so it's not so important. But we're we're perhaps you know going to Old Trafford, for instance. We really missed Harry Kane at Old Trafford last year. That ability to compete physically as well, I think that that's a big part of it. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think in an ideal world for me, you'd want a genuine second striker. And of course, even if even if Sonny and that does play, if that's not working, you definitely would want to to call on someone from the bench to at least you know to help out in that way. Well, Spurs fans out there, what do you think about the current state of the Tottenham Hotspur squad? Do you need another striker to back up Harry Kane to be challenging for titles and ending that 10-year trophy drought? Give us a shout. 0208 70 558 is the number or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Uh, gents, we're going to move it on to this whole stadium ordeal now. It's been announced that your first Champions League game will be played at Wembley. How do you feel about that? I mean, if it was my team, I'd be very upset. I know fans have already been asking for refunds, etc. Um, I know there's 10,000 or so Arsenal fans that are asking for points, deductions and stuff. It's all getting a little bit out of control, isn't it? Yeah, but Arsenal fans, they love a poll. (laughs) They absolutely adore a poll. Something they can win. Well, something they can win, exactly, yeah. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, even if Spurs did have a points deduction, we still finish above them. So it's totally irrelevant. But, I mean, on the point of the stadium, I think we all knew it was probably going to be at Wembley the first game. We all knew it was because the stadium doesn't look ready. There's been drone footage that's come out recently. It's, it's not ready yet, so there's no point throwing our toys out the pram. I think for Spurs, the most important thing is, look, forget maybe about what's going on off the pitch. Let's focus about what's going on on it. We have got six points out of six. It's been a positive start to the season. The stadium's going to come. We've waited so long for it already. Is another couple of weeks or months going to be the end of the world? I appreciate for supporters that have got a season ticket um, that... Yeah, you're desperate to go there. There's been people I know from overseas that have come over for games specifically to think that we'll be in that new ground. And these people are paying the highest prices in Europe, I believe. They are. Is that correct? They are indeed. And listen, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to sit here and say I stand by the prices because for a club that's won, what, one trophy in 19 years, I think we've had our say on the stadium. But it is what it is. It will be a magnificent stadium once it's ready. I'm sure the players are looking forward to going into it. But for me, I'd rather focus on matters on the pitch than off it. But of course, I think we all expected that first game to be at Wembley anyway, Jase, didn't we? Yeah, I certainly think so. Well, I mean, it had to be because we knew that the, the, the first couple of Premier League games were. So, you know, by the, by the dates, um, I suppose I'm a little bit surprised it's only the first one that they've announced there because the match day three and four or whatever, you know, that's usually, that's usually what, middle of October? third week of October or something like that so I'm surprised that they perhaps haven't committed to just going down the whole line and saying look the the three Champions League games are at Wembley and I think there is an uncertainty and it's not good to have that uncertainty let's just make the thing right we're going to play those three games at Wembley we've we've done it there for the last couple of years let's just just get on with the fact that it's at Wembley and, and and give the give the stadium the opportunity to get all its problems fixed and, and get on with it. As, as for 10-point deductions, they've got to have something to to, to have a campaign against because they got Wenger out. Not the they've, Arsenal. they got Wenger <laughs> out. You know, the, 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 Kroenke's now taken over so they can't do anything there. And what is the point of AFTV if it's not a campaign for a 10-point deduction for Spurs? So, you know, just let them, let them have their little five minutes of renting, mate. That's, that's it. Well, quite interestingly, on that point, there was a lot of stuff about Arsenal last year and the negativity 
surrounding the club because of Arsenal Fan TV. Uh, looking at yourselves, so Tottenham Hotspur, could you kind of say the same things? Uh, fans that are getting upset and angry about not being in the new stadium. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Let's keep it positive because we are unbeaten so far this season and we're still playing well. Let's make sure we're behind the, the squad. We've kept the majority of the squad. We haven't sold any of our best players. Yeah. Just on the point, listen, I've got to be honest with you. Arsenal Fan TV, it is what it is. <laughs> it's good Spurs, entertainment. It's good entertainment. It's great entertainment. Don't get me wrong. We're having a lot of fun at the moment watching it. Believe me, after seeing Spurs win, it's the great <laughs> highlight of a, of a weekend to go and watch them lot having a right moan. But I think Spurs fans do handle ourselves with a little bit more class. We're not that kind of club. We don't want one of these you know, TV channels to start ranting and raving. As fans, yeah, of course we're disappointed the stadium isn't here. But you've just said it right there. Six points out of six. Kept the majority of the squad together. Did we want to improve the squad? Of course we did. Can we do anything about it now the window's closed? No, we can't. Let's focus on the team. And listen, we're in a title race here at the moment. <laughs> we're in a title goals, race. But he's saying it. He's put it out there. Uh, could it upset the apple cart slightly, though, looking at early rounds potentially of the League Cup? You know, that that is a winnable competition for you guys. And I think you really need to put some silverware on the table at the end of this season, right? Well, without a doubt, I think most people would say the League Cup's probably the easiest one to win. Um <coughs> You know, we still have to rotate in amongst it with Champions League games. So, uh, but I think if we've got to switch venues, I think it partly depends on who you who you draw, doesn't it? I mean, if if we got Cholton away, <laughs> then you're losing, mate. You're or, out anyway. So get, it wouldn't matter. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not so much of a problem, or a Swansea, or something like that. But but I mean, obviously, if you pull Manchester City, Man United, or something like that at home, and you think you got to give up that advantage, it, it definitely can. But you know, <laughs> which will happen. Because it's so typical Spurs Tottenham. Spursy, Any Spurs fan it, will they? know listening to this show or listening back to it that the chances now of Spurs pour, oh, pulling out a Liverpool or a United, it's going to happen now. And it, it would certainly hurt if you pull West Ham, Chelsea, Arsenal at home and have to switch that, that's for sure. Yeah, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, it doesn't happen, lads, and Tottenham can go into the later rounds and play it at the new White Hart Lane, of course. If you're out there, you want to get involved in the conversation, what's your opinions on this delay for the big spanking new stadium? Give us a shout. The number is... 0208 70 558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. You are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio on this Tuesday evening. The time is 7.32 and you are joining myself, James Sherwood and Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Uh, gents, we were talking about the new stadium and the delays there, but we've got a caller on the line, Richard, who wants to return to uh, the squad depth that we were previously talking about. Richard, hello. Hi, James. How are you? Yeah, very good, matey. Now, uh, the boys in the studio are saying they're quite happy with the depth of squad and, and they were impressed with the bench uh, this weekend and there's players to come back, etc. Would you echo those thoughts? Um, well, just to start before that, I'd like to say hello to Ricky and Jace. Um, I know uh, I follow Ricky on Twitter. He might not like me. I go under the name of Sava Sava. Hello, he Sava. Like How are you doing? You well? <laughs> I'm very well. I'm very well. So half of ringing up is to kind of this dissuade that myth that I'm actually this very negative uh, fan. So I um, wanted to go back to the squad depth, James. Go on. And um, Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to you boys all evening and uh, they make, the boys make some really bad points about, you know, when some stepped up, etc., etc. My My issue is not whether or not some can step up, not whether or not somebody else can step in for Ericsson when they're off. The issue is a lot of Spurs fans talk like we're a big club. They talk like we can win trophies. They talk like we've got the best manager, the best centre forward. I agree with what you said, James. Or I, you didn't say it word for word, but 
we are a Kane or Ericsson injury away from not being a big club at all. And any club who wants to be big shouldn't have to have that worry. And that's my viewpoint always, is that, yes, we've come really far as a club. Yes, our squad has improved. But for me, it's still very, very uh, poor that we didn't strengthen. So that's where I sit with within the Tottenham Hotspur account. Boys, what do you make of that? I'd say you should know me that if you listen to any of our shows or my views on Twitter, that I was one of those that did want to see Spurs strengthen. I made that clear in the summer that for me to push the squad on, they had to bring in two to three players of real genuine quality if we were going to change the lights of Man City. We haven't done that. I just think now it's difficult because what do we do? Do we throw our toys out the pram or do we just try and support the players now? Get us through to January where hopefully we, there could be a potential deal out there that does take Spurs to the next level. I just think now it's difficult, isn't it? What do we do? We're in the middle of a season now. We're two games in. We have got six points out of six. Believe me, like anyone, I wanted to see Spurs go and push the squad on. But what do we do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, no, no I, I completely understand that. And to be really honest, there is nothing we can do. Mm. I think that the worry is, you know, last summer it was right. Now this is the chance to push on. Yeah. We're all saying it, Ricky. We're all saying it. Yeah, of course. And then this summer it was... Come on, now this is the chance to really push on. And, you know, and unfortunately, we've just seen the Liverpool squad that have massively strengthened yep. in, weak, in weak areas, you know, in, in, in really key areas for them. And it looks like they want to do better. I want to know how we can do better if we're constantly putting out the same team. Yeah, do you do any of you guys, I mean, Richard on the line or Ricky and Jason in front of me, do you think like it could almost be a missed opportunity in comparison to a Liverpool who have spent big to deal with the goalkeeper and the centre-half? Well, I think Liverpool have spent big to finish, what, second? I don't think Liverpool are going to get anywhere near to winning it. Even though they so. beat Man City twice last I, season? I, don't, I, don't think, I, just, I just don't see Manchester City dropping... They'll, they'll need Manchester City to finish at, what, 90 points to give Liverpool a chance. I don't see Manchester City dropping 10 more points than they did last year. Bearing in mind, Liverpool Liverpool did it. I think our squad depth, you know, as I, I've said all along, I would have liked two in central midfield. I think you have to bear in mind last year when, when people talk about the problem with depth and injuries. We missed Danny Rose for almost all season. We missed Wanyama for almost all season. We missed Harry Kane for for several games. Every time we missed him, we we, we were rattled in four at Bournemouth, three at Chelsea, yep. three at home in the next game. Uh, Toby Alderweireld missed most of last season. So you know there was four or five. I mean, if you think the the team that ended the previous season, Rose was in it, Wanyama was in it, Alderweireld was in it. We missed all those yeah. players, and yet we still ended up finishing third. So I think any team, but if Manchester United, if Lukaku breaks a leg or Salah breaks a leg or Eden Hazard breaks a leg, those teams suffer as well, just as we suffer without Kane. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think more the thing for me was that. You know, just that one or two extra player could have yeah. really pushed on, and and I think there's, you know, Ricky, you'll know this, um, you know, from, from from Spurs Twitter. There seems to be this whole kind of uh, Levy in, Levy yeah, out. Of course, and, you yeah. know, if, if, if you like Levy, you're you're a happy clapper, <laughs> and if you don't like Levy, you, you, you yeah. know, you're a negative, you know, doom person like me. And, <laughs> you know, for me, I think it's just it's just more about really, really thinking. Look, okay, Man City have gone. But yeah. what can we do now? I agree. Because Richard's we beat Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. We beat Bournemouth. Yes, we did without Harry Kane. But the big games, when it counts, lads, when it counts um, against United in the Cup semi, against Juventus in the Champions League, yeah. we don't have anything to bring off the bench that's going to change a game. So 
I want to hear all of this, how do we strengthen the team, that, that conversation has to stop. It's, it's not correct. No, I agree. Listen, that's a, we also had this conversation on the pod we did last night, Rich, to be honest with you. We can always say there's always options to improve the squad. We, we know that. Me and you know that. Anyone that's a Spurs fan knows of course you can improve the squad. Of course you can have players better on the bench than Musa Sissoko. Of course you can have players better than the likes of Janssen and Kudu. We all know that. But I think the issue with Spurs we've got, and maybe Pochettino is, we don't know, Rich. Maybe Pochettino's the hesitant one. Maybe he's the one that doesn't want to bring players in to upset the apple cart. Does he want to work with an ego, Rich? That's another thing. Does Pochettino... Could you imagine yeah. Poch wanting to work with Ibrahimovic? I don't think he would have wanted to. Yeah. If the option was there no. a couple of years ago, I don't think he wants to. He had the same situation with Danny Esvaldo, if you remember, at Southampton. He brought him in, yeah. big money move, it failed. Does Poch always want to have control of that dressing room to the point where he's actually quite concerned if he brings someone in, they're going to challenge his authority? Yeah, no, do you know what? That's an absolute spot-on point. And th- this, for me, was why I laughed when people said that, you know, will Poch go Real Madrid uh, or Barca? C- can you imagine? He hasn't won anything yet. He hasn't won anything yet, has he? <laughs> look, agreed. And, you know, you know look, lads, I'll leave it there. It's been, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, but I just <laughs> want to go on a record just to say that I do think the club has come on leaps and bounds. We absolutely have. I'm just hoping that this isn't a missed opportunity and the likes of Ericsson and Kane and Toby turn around and go, you know what, we've given it five or six seasons. Well, yeah. We've not won anything and we're going to do what Nasri, Fabregas, um, Clichy, all of those boys. That's why we have to win something, Rich. Savat, so, yeah. so, so, just before you go, mate, don't be so yeah. miserable and, cl- and, and <laughs> clap with a smile on your face just once in a while, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Richard, thanks a lot for Cheers, your call, Rich. mate. Pleasure Much appreciated. You. If you're out there and you want to get involved in the conversation with myself and Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast, then give us a shout, guys. The number is 0208 70 20 558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Boys, some interesting points there made by Richard. And what I really liked, it felt like it was a whole evening Twitter spat done in about six minutes. Hey, we all agreed at the end of it. We all agreed at the end of it. And you know, Rich is spot on in his views. And we've, I've always maintained the point that, of course, you can improve the squad. There's no doubt you can improve it. Did Pochettino want to improve it? Did he, as I said, want to bring in a player that could really challenge him? Because I think that's what me and Jason have said on numerous occasions, that it, maybe it isn't all Daniel Levy's fault. Maybe it's Pochettino the one holding back from bringing in a big, big player. The truth is, we may never know. But we're going to find out how good this Spurs squad is because we've got the uh, challenge of Man United to come. Yeah, real interesting point as well on that Man United subject. Let me ask you boys a question. Of course, it is apparently turmoil at Old Trafford at the moment. If Mourinho went, would Poch be on a shortlist? I think he'll definitely be on a shortlist. Would he jump ship? I don't know. I I get the impression he wouldn't jump ship. Certainly not in the middle of a season. Uh, I mean, you saw that at Southampton when... I mean, when does it worry you? He's just signed Spurs a five-year deal, though, James. He's just signed a new five-year contract. And listen, I know you're going to say to me, contracts mean they nothing. Don't, they don't. I they know don't. you're saying that, but Pochettino, if rumours are believed to be true, if Madrid were interested in him, then he didn't want that challenge. Is Man United, you know, is that, is that a, a bigger challenge than Real Madrid? It's a poison chalice at the moment, wouldn't, isn't it? It wouldn't worry me at all, because <laughs> I think, like I say, he didn't jump from Southampton mid-season when... By all accounts, Daniel Levy looked to do it, which he says in his book, he didn't jump mid-season. If Tottenham reached the end of the season and we still haven't won anything, then then I kind of think his natural time is to move on because you think, look, five years, if you can't 
get that last step then maybe it's your ideas that are wrong and, and i sincerely hope that doesn't happen but you kind of think five years is a long time in a job for nothing to show for it also real quick just before we break uh, i've read some stuff about christian Eriksen being sounded out by barcelona of course the uh, european transfer window doesn't shut until the end of this month what would happen, let's say Ericsson jumps ship before the end of the month, you can't do any business, where does that leave Tottenham? It's not going to happen, believe me, after okay. the summer we've had where we haven't brought players in, there's not a chance at all that Christian Ericsson's leaving this club, not a chance. So you wouldn't say that Levy is an out-and-out businessman and he does actually think about the football team <laughs> as well? I, I think Daniel Levy certainly wants Champions League football and he knows that's a lot harder to achieve with that Christian Ericsson, so no, I don't see that happening. Of course I'm just playing devil's advocate, but if you're out there, guys, you want to throw your thoughts on opinions on it as well give us a shout 0208 70 20 558 is the number or at love sport radio across the socials after this we are going to be talking Jan Vertonghen sevenbestbets.com if you are looking for good odds with a simple to use app visit sevenbestbets.com as a new customer you will receive great welcome offers we cover all sports as well as an online casino and full range of virtual sports if that's not enough regular customers benefit from royalty bonuses too sevenbestbets.com please gamble responsibly visit gamblerware for more details Love Sport, 558 AM. Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to £1 million. Welcome back to the Tottenham Hotspurs fan show on Love Sport Radio this evening with myself, James Sherwood, and Ricky and Chase from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. If you want to get involved in the conversation at any point, it is 0208 70 258 on the phone lines or at Love Sport Radio across the socials, of course. Uh, gents, we're going to talk about Jan Vertonghen now and what a servant he has been to the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. 254 games, 11 goals, player of the season last year. Um, with all that being said, are you a bit surprised that he hasn't been snapped up on a new contract yet? Considering all that's happened with Toby Alderweireld, wouldn't it be nice to get Jan sorted so you don't end up with a similar problem? I like to think Spurs have got these contracts ready in the pipeline. We're looking at the likes of, I don't want to deviate away from the subject here, but Ericsson, Deli Alley, obviously Jan coming into that mix. There's those three players, you definitely want to be tying them down long term. For Tongan, for me, he's been a revelation, I would think, since Pochettino's first season came through the door. He's just absolutely loved working with him. We've enjoyed watching him flourish. And to be fair, what's quite ironic is, obviously last season, the whole thing about Alderweireld and him being the top Belgium, to be fair, Jan was just outstanding. Consistently, week upon week, it was just so hard to find a fault in his game. And credit to him because not only was he superb last season, but the way he mentored Davinson Sanchez for the whole of that season, he's just been absolutely incredible. And, you know, fingers crossed there will be a new deal waiting for him soon because, believe me, although his age, any club in Europe will be looking at Jan thinking, God, what an absolute Rolls-Royce of a defender. I think that's the thing, like you said, Rolls-Royce. It's not that he uh, relies on complete athleticism. It's the mm. way that he reads the game as well. So he sees situations before they've even happened. Uh, Jace, do, do you think that maybe, as an individual, Vertonghen might be waiting to see how this season pans out before committing himself any further? No, it's strange because there doesn't seem to be any 
any kind of comments in the background about it. We don't seem to be seeing any any demands from Yam. It doesn't seem to be any disagreement with the club. So you kind of think, I don't know, it was, it was that Michel Vaughan contract that came out that the club announced in, I think it was the end of June, and yet when they announced it, Michel Vaughan said he'd signed it in April. So I don't know why Spurs waited two months to announce <laughs> it. And you kind of think maybe with Yam that they've, they've, they probably have reached an agreement certainly in principle anyway and then it's just just the the, the final details to do and you it, want to make sure that he's not got an old man who's going to start upsetting <laughs> well, things right yeah that's not that's not true like toby bless him I mean, but no I, I don't don't envisage a problem with yan and uh, certainly I, I mean spurs would be mad to to consider letting him go out of contract and, and have a free transfer at the end of this season that's for sure i know there's been kind of ups and downs certain points where he hasn't maybe lived up to his he set himself such high standards hasn't he sometimes when he's been playing but then he's had the odd dip in form lapses in concentration would you say you'd expect that from any player or could we be a couple of games away from him having another dip in form no i don't think so i think yan showed his consistency within the last year that I just can't see an, a dip coming at the moment. I think you'd say his form had a dip under Sherwood. To be fair, if I played under Sherwood, I'd probably have a dip as well. <laughs> probably a long, long dip. Um, but in credit, I say to Jan that with Pochettino, since he's been in charge, I can't remember too many down moments. And as we've said, really, although the guy's not the quickest, his reading of the game is, for me, his greatest, greatest attribute. The way, like I say, he knows to position himself to be able to stop defenders going past him. Because to be fair, Spurs... In when we had that first season between Jan and Toby together, it was never the quickest centre-back pairing, but they both had that ability to read the game so well. I've um, had conversations with ex-pros about this and the, the evolution of the game seems to be that a lot of players are athletes first and then footballers, but people like Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld, from their reading of the game, these guys are footballers first, aren't they? And then have a bit of athleticism well, about they're, them. They're fantastic. And the way the game's gone, your centre-halves have got to be comfortable with the ball. And I think first the first person that really picked up on that was when we won at Palace a couple of years ago and Alan Pardew, I mean, he doesn't say many good things, Pardew, <laughs> but he did that day say the, the two centre-backs at Tottenham have Alderweireld and Vertonghen just play like midfield players. They're so comfortable with it and, and they can take it in any area and, and they, they never look flustered or anything like that. I think that first season Jan had with us, he was he was fantastic. Then then came the, the period of dip under Sherwood where I think he lost he got a, just a bit disillusioned and thought where the hell is this where the hell is this club going? This isn't the club that I really came to join. But Pochettino's got him on board and I think I think Pochettino says in his book that body language was a big part of it he realised I think most fans used to call him angry Yan didn't they now you see him perhaps with a kid and that he's got that bit more maturity maybe not maturity but maybe he's more settled off the pitch in his life priorities have changed maybe a little bit now he seems quite a dry joker in the pack or something so his personality has changed and I think that shows in his game as well where does he rank alongside the other big centre halves in the league so maybe Alderweireld uh, Virgil van Dijk is he up there with them is he as good as them (laughs) well Virgil van Dijk is apparently the best central defender in the world so I kept hearing last night so uh, (laughs) yeah Ramos yeah. is better than Neville and uh, PK. Getting and a little thought, bit excited, this I think Jan's Jan's definitely. Well, was he in the Premier League team of the year last year? I think he got voted in the team of the season. Or, yep. 
Um, and the big the, the difference with Yan is, of course, is that left-footed thing, whereas so many want to play on the right-hand side. Yan Yan's more than comfortable on the left, and the fact he can go at left back. So for me, I I think he's he's almost irreplaceable at Tottenham because he's seen off Kevin Wimmer. We brought in the young player. Yan got an injury. Wimmer came into the side. Was a little bit unlucky when Yan came back to be left out, but after that. You know, Wimmer's just disappeared. So he's already seen off one challenger and I get the feeling that he'll see off the, the next one on the thing. I suppose Harry Maguire's the only other left-footed one. Uh, if you are currently tuning in, you are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. If you want to get involved in the conversation at any point, the number is 0208 70 20 558 and at Love Sport Radio across the socials. We're currently talking about the servant that is Jan Vertonghen with Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Uh, also, of course, there's a a few football games going on this evening. We'll keep you updated with those. Um, Luton won South End nil is the latest score. Elliot Lee after two minutes. And then Plymouth won Wickham nil. Freddie Ladepo after four minutes there. Wickham going behind. But, uh, gents, yeah, so back to Jan Vertonghen. Uh, he's playing alongside Davison Sanchez quite a lot at the moment. How much can Davison Sanchez learn from Jan about the game? Because, of course, Davison Sanchez started off as a central midfielder, didn't he? That's right, yep. Started off as a central midfielder. And to be fair, Fair. I mean, he's in the similar mould, you would say, to Vertonghen, where he loves bringing the ball out from the back. So composed, so calm. And there's no doubt about it that we've seen towards the end of last season, Sanchez's form pick up. And I just think that's because he's around Vertonghen for the majority of the games last season. And we saw in the World Cup, he looked really, really impressive. Made that fabulous, fabulous last-ditch tackle, which I know many were kind of putting their hands in their heads thinking, God, that was close. But to be fair, VIR, sorry, VAR bailed him out. And again, for me, Sanchez is going to become a long-time Tottenham servant, hopefully, and learn from Vertonghen. He's been fantastic, Jan. And like all of us here, I'm sure we just want to see him sign that new deal. I think it's that positional play that, that Jan has and, and that, I suppose, young centre-halves, it's when, when to go and attack the ball, when to drop off a couple of yards and things like that. And the other thing that Jan Vertonghen, nobody really picks up on, he is the master of the sneaky foul. <laughs> when, when he has to be cynical, when he realises, look, I'm in trouble here. He doesn't think twice to make that cynical foul, but where he's clever is he makes it on that halfway line or just towards the touchline. He doesn't ever do it when it comes last ditch and he thinks, I'm in a position, I've got to yank him down. It's very clever and, and how he knows when to foul and, and what type of foul to make. So it's it's a ticking off from the referee. It's never a, a silly, a dirty one. Occasionally he'll get booked, but he's, he's very clever at that, Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen, great servant to Tottenham Hotspur, 254 games deep, 11 goals, uh, but not tied down to a new contract as yet, expires in 2019. How important is he to that Tottenham team? If you want to give us your thoughts out there, it's 0208 70 258 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Uh, his partner at the back, Toby Alderweireld, is he going to stay at Tottenham, boys? Well, he's got no choice now. The window's about to shut. But, I mean, the overseas window's still open. I think Toby will be a Spurs player beyond that. We've got to get on with it now. I think, I say, Toby playing the weekend, and especially for me, the fact that when Pochettino made the decision to take Sanchez off, you know, maybe instead of Toby, that, for me, is an indication that he still wants to have Alderweireld there long-term. Jason, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, well... I suppose the next the next chance he's got to come is in January, 
and if Manchester United is the only option and Toby's played in the Champions League for us then he becomes far less really of an option point. to 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 want to pick him for another well even if they want to pay 30 35 million for a player that then can't be registered in the Champions League and I'm not so sure Toby then actually fancies it doing it mid-season but I don't see him signing a new contract unfortunately but the the, the funny thing is not many have picked Toby up for the money and the money mm. that he wanted so you know perhaps he's just had a had a little Pause for thought himself over the summer and thought perhaps perhaps I'm not not quite the bee's knees that I thought I was contractually anyway. Ah, interesting. I think many people would argue that he is the bee's knees when it comes down to performance on the pitch though. Uh, Jace, you made a point earlier about Jan Vertonghen seeming much happier and settled now within the Tottenham Hotspur environment. Do you think Alderweireld is a part of that though, you know, since they played together for so many years? Well, I mean, Toby, until until the problem last year had been imperious in throughout his time at Spurs and they've played together obviously at Ajax they've played together at Tottenham they've played together at Belgium so there's there's definitely a, a connection between the two the understanding of each other's game they have is fantastic and Tottenham have certainly benefited, uh, benefited from that that's for sure if you are listening you want to get involved in the conversation this is your Tottenham Hotspur fan show on Love Sport Radio all the way until 9pm this evening but don't forget there is also so some football taking part this evening as well so in the championship it is currently 0-0 between QPR and Bristol City 0-0 between AFC Wimbledon and Walsall Charlton and Peterborough it's Luton 1 Southend 0 Plymouth 1 Wickham Wanderers 0 is a latest score as well but like I said you're listening to the Tottenham Hotspur fan show it's all things Spurs for the next hour or so so give us a shout 0208 70 558 is the number or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. You are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio this evening. The time is almost 8 o'clock, which means it is going to be a news update. But the other side of that, we are going to be previewing next week's Monday Night Football between... Tottenham and Manchester United how are the Spurs faithful going to fare United are in crisis so could it be an easy three points and a first winner at Old Trafford in quite a while well of course we want you involved in the conversation so give us a shout 0208 70 558 is the number with myself and Ricky and Jace from the last word on Spurs podcast they dare to do and the lily whites are going to score on you they're no angels but this season harry and the boys are going for gold from white hart lane to wembley spurs will always be north london's finest it's the tottenham hotspurs fans show on love sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds Make your heart go. We don't care what the other teams say. What 
Good evening, party people. You are listening to Love Sport Radio. It is the Tottenham Hotspur fan show on your Tuesday evening. The time is three minutes past eight, and you are joining myself, James Sherwood, and Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Uh, as well as talking all things Tottenham, there's some football games happening tonight, and the ones of relevance to us, just to bring you the latest scores, it is currently 0-0 between QPR and Bristol City in the Championship. In League One, AFC Wimbledon are 1-0 down at home to Warsaw. It's 0-0 between Charlton and Peterborough. Luton Town are winning 1-0 against Southend. And it's Plymouth 1, Wickham 0 in League 1. Boys, good start to the season. But you go to Old Trafford on the next Monday Night Football where you don't have the greatest form to show. This early in the season, does that put more pressure on you, being on a Monday night when everyone else has played, i.e. you still got to keep up with, every, with everyone, particularly Man City, this early? It's just pressure going to Man United, isn't that enough? Regardless <laughs> what day of the week it is. I mean, to be honest with you, any Spurs fan listening to this, I'm sure will think Man United in a crisis, Spurs going there in form, it's United 1 0 win. Mm. I mean, that, that's the biggest concern. But having said that, having said that, there's absolutely no reason why this Spurs squad can't go there full of confidence. We saw last season our ability to go away to Chelsea to win at that venue, which we haven't won there in God knows how many years. We did have a couple of years where we did do very well. At United, where there was obviously the David Moyes era. We had obviously Sherwood managing us at the time and AVB. So I'd like to think if those guys can win there, then God, Pochettino can go and do it. Would I be correct in saying that you haven't even scored a goal at Old Trafford under Maurizio Pochettino, Jace? Well, for me, it's a massive game because regardless of it being Monday... You see, you avoided that question. <laughs> no, no, I'm, 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 oh, he's I'm coming to it. on it. A record at, at Old Trafford under Poch is, is appalling and... In fairness, we've been an absolute embarrassment up there in the four years under Pochettino. The first year we, we went there, I think it was just around about Carling Cup final time, got absolutely blitzed 3-0 right, before yeah, half-time when yeah. Rooney had his famous boxing celebration out of the game by half-time. Absolutely humiliated up there. The second year it was opening day of the season where Walker scored an own goal. It's not just that we didn't score. I think we had one half chance in the whole game that Ericsson missed. The following year we lost 1-0. I think all we had to show for the whole game was a Victor Wanyama header. And then last year it was a one half chance with Deli Ali late on. So it's not just we haven't scored. We haven't we haven't looked like scoring. We've in those four games we've never had a, a ten minute spell where we've penned them back one, three or four corners, look like we're gonna score, created chances. David De Gea's hardly I don't think it's David De Gea's because when Yama and Ali missed the target. So I don't think David De Gea has made a save against us for four seasons. So why are the performances so bad? particularly against Manchester United. It makes no sense because I know you've played some great games against the other, the other top six sides. I know your form's been a bit dodgy of late, but I can remember games where you've you've, you've beaten the likes of Man City, Chelsea, etc. But yep. United, why is there such it's, a problem? Because they've not been great for the last four no, years. No. You know, Mourinho has that thing where he can make a game really sterile, but... But um, Mourinho's had them for, what, the last two of those? So I think yeah. the other first two would have been against Van Gaal. I don't know why Tottenham really struggle there. It's Whether it's a mental problem, but it's been embarrassing for four years. It really has. So what needs to change, then, in your approach to the game next Monday night, uh, Jase? Well, I think... Oh, sorry, Rick. <laughs> that's all right, not a problem at all. Um, for me, personally, it's going to be the, the central midfield that, for me, dictates this game. Now, Dembele, as we've said, has been great when he's come off the bench for the last couple of games. 
Harry Winks has just come back into the squad. Is there a possibility for him to start? Because I just don't know, Jason. You made a great point when we discussed this off-air that Dembele last season on two out of the three occasions hasn't had the greatest game against Pogba. So that's a real, real big dilemma for Pochettino to make because if Dembele is not up to the game from a physicality point of view, we could be out of that midfield battle. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the first conundrum is do you play three at the back, do you play four? I must admit, the the three at the back for me really works when you had a fit Rose and 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 yeah. uh, Carl Walker operating because they could work the system really well. Ever since then, I kind of find that if you play the three at the back and the two wing backs, it's a naturally attacking player like a Son or a Lucas Moore and it gets left out. And I think they offer far more than Ben Davis and Trippier. I mean, Kieran Trippier and Ben Davis at the weekends, they're actually, they live, their delivery from wide areas was really poor for the whole game. I don't think there was one cross, which is unusual for trips, but the amount of space and time that he got to cross, we couldn't find one. So, and then it's, and then if you do play Mora, Eriksson, Ali, then you're left short in the central midfield. And, and whilst I think Ali and Eriksson can play deeper, they're not so aware that people were running beyond them. And it's their, their first thought isn't to, you know, when we've got the ball 30 yards from United's goal, they're not aware of, of what happens when we lose it. They're looking to go forward. And, and I think we'll just get outnumbered in midfield. So for me, you've certainly got to go with just, just a back four, not the three at the back. You are currently listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. We are previewing the Manchester United versus Tottenham game that's happening at Old Trafford on Monday Night Football next week. So if you want to give us your opinions on that, how you think the game's going to go, or what Spurs need to do to end this terrible run of form at OT, give us a shout. 0208 70 258 is the number, or at Love Sport Radio. Um, I, I guess it's a good job Aaron Paul's not in tonight, because otherwise he'd be here with his man you on giving it oh listen this is going to be no problem you guys never do well at Old Trafford <laughs> yeah we've only got an Arsenal shirt in front of us so we're, we're trying <laughs> what to what would be worse yeah come back Aaron please always <laughs> forgiven mate. we're trying to get over what I'm seeing in front of my eyeballs here to be honest I think I'm actually offended but I'm trying my best to hold it together um, it's a tough game however you want to dress it up it's going to be a tough game up there I don't care if Man United are in a crisis at all they've got quality players that can hurt any opposition so believe me any Spurs fan I'm sure going into this one we're not feeling overly confident. I mean, our record is one thing, but the players you're playing is another thing. Spurs have got to be on the top of their form if we're going to get a positive result up there. If we go up there with anything less than 100%, we will lose the game. What perspective do you think you'll take on the game? Because I watched Leicester um, in the opening game of the season. They had more possession than United and played very, very well. Of course, you've got a much better standard of players across the pitch. Do you think Poch will favour a possession-based game at Old Trafford or will he try to hit... A counter. No, I, th- I think Pochettino will try and dominate the ball, which is, I mean, I, I, other than perhaps Dortmund in the Champions League, I can't really remember Poch trying to play counter-attack. I mean, even at Anfield last year, we wanted to go toe-to-toe with them and dominate the ball. I think we ended up with more possession than Liverpool in that game. That's so crazy, yeah. I think Pochettino will always want to play that way. I mean, the first thing you've got to do that we've never done to a top-six side under Pochettino is keep a clean sheet. Yes, we just on. can't do it, and we we do have this uh, this ridiculous nature in some of these big games of conceding what I call really gift stupid stupid goals. You know, last year we just fell asleep for one minute, and I think Mourinho Mourinho kind of does that with Tottenham. He thinks, look, I'll I'll neutralise Tottenham. I'll try and block off all the traditional attack routes. I'll shut Eriksson down to cut the passing angles down, and I know in ninety minutes. 
Tottenham will make a stupid error and he kind of waits for that stupid error. And in the semi-final it came when Moussa Dembele turns the wrong way, gets dispossessed, it's in our net. And it's it's those silly errors that we have to cut out in those big games. Well, by this time next week, lads, you'll be sitting here reviewing how it all panned out at Old Trafford. But for the moment, it is still a preview on how Tottenham are going to do next week. If you want to get involved in the conversation, guys, 0208 70 258 is the number. You are listening to Love Sports. This is Love Sport. Welcome back to your Tottenham Hotspur fan show here on Love Sport Radio this evening with James Sherwood and Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. We are getting into all things Tottenham Hotspur, but there are some games happening this evening from the Football League. So just to bring you the latest from our London-centric perspective, in the Championship, it's still 0-0 between QPR and Bristol City. In League 1, it's currently AFC Wimbledon 0, Warsaw 1. It's Charlton 0, Peterborough 0 and Luton Town 1, Southend 0, Plymouth Argyle 1. Wickham Wanderers nil. Gents, we are previewing uh, Tottenham's trip to Manchester United next Monday. Uh, it's going to be a struggle looking at the form guide, as we've already discussed. Uh, we talked about a battle in midfield, which I think is going to be quite important. Uh, Paul Pogba versus uh, Dembele, if he plays. Pogba's been making a lot of big talks since their Brighton defeat, but do you think he could step up? It's like you never know what one you're going to get. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get, because obviously in the World Cup, he did have his moments where he stepped up there. I mean, Paul Pogba, for me, is a world-class player. So however no you want to dress it up. Yeah, when he fancies a, it. When he fancies it, he's a world-class player, and it would be typical Tottenham that will turn it on against us. But, I mean, this will be an interesting game to see what Poch does in terms of the midfield, because Harry Winks hasn't had many games. Would you argue, Jace, to throw Winks into this one... Is that too much of a risk, do you think? It's, it's not so much a risk. It's how, how capable is he? I mean, mm. you know, he hasn't... He last started a game, what? Was that Madrid last year? Is it that year far back? Madrid? Might have been Madrid. He won both games, to be fair. I you mean, know, He hasn't had a pre-season, has he? No, no so, pre-season at all. I think, you know, even if you start with Winks, you're not going to get 90 minutes out of him, that's for sure. And he'll be, he'll be feeling it, what, around about 55 minutes, and then I suppose you, you can bring Dembele on, but... You know, you don't know what else will have happened elsewhere on the pit. I mean, you know, you can pick up injuries or anything like that. I don't think you can go in with this pre-arranged plan. Oh, I'll switch him after fifty-five minutes because you don't know what you the could score be might down, be. Yeah. You <laughs> could be yeah. Exactly. There's there's so many things. So I think I think I definitely want to see someone alongside Eric Dyer in there, other than than Ali or Ericsson playing deeper, because I think you definitely need that at Man United. We so, must mustn't forget last year as well. To be honest with you, James, that you know. For whatever reason, we just struggled to control the game up there. You know, last season, the goal we conceded, Jason, if you remember, it was a mixture of a mistake between Alderweireld and Dyer. We got caught napping so early on. And I remember there was a chance late right on. at the end of the game. Remember Delhi? Right at the end of the game? Delhi, that chance? Yeah, I mean, their goal was late, wasn't Lose it? Their, their goal was late. was about 10 yeah. minutes from the end or something. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just a punt downfield, and Toby didn't contest the ball with Lukaku, which was a bit strange, because he should have known Lukaku was going for that. Flicks so Eric Dyer kind of got caught sleeping, thinking Toby was going to go and make a run That's for the right, ball. Yeah. He got caught on his back foot, and Martial nicked in. And, of course, that will be the... It'll be interesting to see how much of the, the pre-game build-up will be about Toby and Anthony Martial with I'm sure those questions have come up which which one got the better end of missing out on the I think Man United's who did want it who didn't want it well that's it and but Martial was the one that that killed us last year wasn't it and I mean he got criticised at Brighton who who was it come out saying he's nowhere near a Man United player didn't he get dug out by a Skulls or a there's been a lot of shots fired at a lot of Manchester United players this week and their performance at Brighton Uh, Lukaku one of them as well 
is he strong enough to lead the line for a Manchester United? Uh, should the quality of your centre-backs, particularly if you play a three, be able to deal with the problem of Lukaku? Well, they know him very well, don't they? You know, the likes of Alderweire or the likes of... From Belgium. Yeah, from you know, Alderweire and Jan Vertonghen. You can't have anyone marking him that knows him any better than what he's going to do. But at the same time, Lukaku has shown that he does have the ability to turn it on when he wants. He's still a great player. So you can't go into these games underestimating your opponent at all. Like I've said, for me, if Spurs are going to go up there and get a win or get any kind of positive result, we have to go up there playing 100%. Because, you know, this United team, they'll, listen, Mourinho will use this to his advantage. Don't get me wrong. That result against Brighton, I think a lot of Spurs fans, part of me wanted to see maybe United win that game. Because do you want to be playing them on the back of a defeat, Jase? It's a very difficult one. No, I know what you mean. Beware the wounded animal. Mm. And, and certainly, I, I think when the big clubs, be it be it Chelsea, be it Arsenal, be it Tottenham, be it Liverpool, when when they suffer a humiliating defeat, you you expect a response, don't I you? Think once you upon really a time, do but some of these response. squads, I, I don't think they're the same ilk of you know that golden Premier League era. Yeah. I, they don't seem to possess the same personalities. It feels like these guys may just sulk for a couple of games well, now. We had a, I, I can't remember. What Man United's result was going into the game last year, but if I remember rightly, that there was that little shot at the end, wasn't there, where Mourinho gave the the big shush, shush to the TV right, yep. cameras. So I'm, I'm thinking that he was getting a lot of criticisms, and and it was oh Tottenham of this and Tottenham of that, and you're you part of the bus, and you're so negative, and so all those criticisms that he's getting this week right. were also there last week, but he still came up with the answers, and they still beat us what two out of three times last year. Yep. So you know, and Mourinho does does have this tendency to give Tottenham a hard time and he, he's as if he he knows exactly Tottenham's strengths and he just knows how to blunt it like that. So He knows how to trigger Spursy. He does, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, he, he's does. Got, he, he does have a bit of a hoodoo over us, Mourinho. We've only beat him a couple of times in between Chelsea and obviously United last season, Wembley game. That was incredible. The 3 new. I think that's why so many of us you know, went into that FA Cup semi-final with a real, real belief we were going to beat them. But he does have a tendency, Mourinho, to get the big results at times when he needs them. How much of a bonus is it that it suggested Alexis Sanchez won't play any part in the game? Well, to be fair, he gave us a bit of a torrid time when he last played for Arsenal. Um, with Sanchez, again, though, he's one of those players at United, like you said there, Pogba, Martial, they've got big, big players on the field, so they could all make a difference. I wouldn't want to single anyone out, really, um, but yeah... He, he's a good player, Sanchez. <laughs> I think that the, the key with, with Sanchez is, even if he does have a quiet game, he's one of those players that has that ability to just score a goal from nothing, doesn't he? Um, and he's done it against us. He's done it against numerous sides. And I think when, when you've got a real quality player that can score from nothing, if he's not on the pitch, it definitely helps. I mean, you kind of know what Lukaku's goal is going to be like if he scores it. You kind of know what Rashford's type of goal is going to be like. Sanchez can just dip his shoulder and hit one from 30 yards and it, it flies in whereas Lukaku doesn't score that type of goal does he so I think Sanchez has that ability to do the unexpected If I offered you a point now would you take it? I would Jase? No absolutely not I, I really want this Tottenham side I think we've been together long enough as a side I'm fed up the kind of talk of Ericsson's a promising player he could do this Deli Alley could be this Harry Kane could be this for me it's it's delivery season now they've they're experienced enough they may be young but they're, they're all now 150 200 games in it's time for those six those top six games in general I mean not just the old Trafford game I, I want to see 
I want to see those players not just create an assist. I want to see them go in and dominate games and show, right, this is what Tottenham are. This word Spursy has got to take on a new meaning for me. I want to see us go with personality, really try and take the game and, and do those types of things. I want Ericsson to do what David Silva does in big games, and I want him to do it in four of those five big games, not for that is ten a big minutes. Statement, in one. I mean. No, but you know what I mean? It, it's, yeah. it's, it's not enough to have a good ten minutes in them anymore and to just create this wonderful pass that creates a goal, but you lose the game 3-1. He, he's got to dominate. And it's it's not picking on Ericsson. Ali's got to do it in those big games. Dyer's got to do it. Harry Kane's got... We know that Kane and Ali have scored in big games, but you, you know what I'm getting at. All 11 everyone's have got to, to step absolutely up when it really step matters. up when it really matters, and that's, that's what you're going to have to do in these big games this year. You are currently listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. We are previewing Tottenham's visit to Old Trafford for next Monday Night Football. If you want to get involved in the conversation, the number is 0208 70 20 558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. Love Sport. The fans show on Love Sport with 7OTV.com. Play your way to £1 million. You are currently listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio this evening with James Sherwood and Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. We are going to be getting into all things Tottenham in a second, but just to bring you the latest from the Football League games that are happening this evening. Uh, it's currently 0-0 between QPR and Bristol City in the Championship. In League 1, it's AFC Wimbledon 0, Walsall 1. It's still Cholton 0, Peterborough 0. It's now Luton Town 2, Southend 0, Danny Hill with a 33rd minute penalty there and it's Plymouth Argyle 1 Wickham Wanderers 0 uh, boys we've got a caller on the line Lavite Lavite from Belfast in fact we are international right here right now Lavite hello hello thank you very much for your call matey uh, I understand you've got a question for the last word on Spurs boys so the airwaves are yours so there's like a load of confusion over the stadium how much do you think the stadium will affect our plan should you think we should stick to Wembley for the whole season or just move over when we can to the new lane? It's a good point. I think it's a great point because obviously what you're seeing is that Spurs' record, and don't get me wrong, I do want to go into that new stadium, but our record at Wembley isn't too bad at all. And you just wonder for the players how will that affect them having to then transition across to a new stadium midway through a season. I think the problem we've got here, Levy, is that so many fans want this stadium obviously now and it's at the point where the club have already kind of issued season tickets on the basis that we're going to be in that ground that new stadium where obviously we're paying the most expensive prices in Europe and therefore there's now an expectation from fans that we have to be in that new stadium I don't think the club after all of the whole press of getting into that new stadium can now afford really to set it back even further but that is a great argument that really how will it affect the players what do you reckon Jace? Well I think that the, the important thing is to have some real clarity on the situation as soon as possible I know obviously the club want to be in it as, as quickly as they can none of us know how much they're having to pay to Wembley or pay in the way of fines to the Premier League or anything like that at the moment so you know we, we all know Daniel Levy the businessman will will want to be in it as soon as possible but as we as we talked about the, the Champions League earlier I don't want to go from a week to week basis on what stadium are we playing in you, you want to kind of make genuine plans I wish the club would would be realistic you know when you speak to people from Mace the builders and that are working on it they all say there's there's no chance of that stadium being ready even at the end of October early November so it's 
kind of set some clarity, set the date and say, look, we'll be in there, be it the 1st of January, be it the 15th of December and and let those Champions League games go ahead at Wembley and just get on with it now. But we can't be switching from week to week and it's, it's embarrassing that we're going to a Manchester City game with no idea where we're playing, a Carabao Cup game, we don't know where we're playing. For a, for a top club, That's it just brings embarrassment and negativity to the club. Lavit, if you was amongst the powers that be at Tottenham, what decision would you make? Um, well, if there wasn't like we've been told we would be at the stadium, then I would have just stuck to Wembley for the year and just continued the works at the stadium. It means no pressure, but there's even more pressure on the builders to have it done as soon as possible now because they're so delayed. So you're, you're worried for the health and safety of the fans, are you, <laughs> when they go into the <laughs> new White Hart Lane? <laughs> A wee bit like. Uh, yeah, all right. So how, how do you think it could affect things on the pitch, though? Do you think it could have a negative impact, this insecurity about where the team's going to be playing? Yeah, because we're going to Man City and we, don't even, we might end up playing at a rugby pitch. <laughs> For all we know, it makes no sense. They should have they known this a few months back or like a few weeks back even. That they still it, didn't know the it, it, it might help play Manchester City on a rugby pitch. That's exactly what I was about to say. It might help on the rugby pitch. You might get a better chance of a result. What do you reckon? <laughs> nah, I still think we'd get thrashed by them. <laughs> uh, so you think there's still a big gulf between Manchester City and Tottenham? Yeah, I think they improved far more than... They obviously improved their squad over the summer while we just sat and just kept players instead, which isn't <laughs> beneficial. I think where it'll come in onto the pitch is, as, as like I say, because of the, the fans, you know, there was uproar last week. They've just about calmed down. And if it continues to go, I think the negativity from some fans will, will that's the danger that it, it can make that, create that type of toxic atmosphere that you saw at, at the, the Emirates last year and you saw down at the council tip. So, <laughs> you know, those two places you saw eventually had a negativity towards the boards and things like that spread onto the pitch and it does affect performances so it does need clarity really quickly I think if they came out and said we're not going to be in it for three months I think we'd all accept that now we've got over that initial disappointment we'd get on with it and think right let's get on for January and, and that's what I'd sooner them do yeah, fans just want some clarity more than yeah, anything absolutely. Don't they? communication absolutely. is so key yeah. James honestly that's the most important thing I think if Spurs <laughs> did that obviously from the start of the season and just kind of made it very clear we're moving on this date we're going to move on this date that's different. We just haven't really had the clarity. But to be fair to the club, they have tried their best now to not put out uh, an official date of when the club is going to be moving into that new stadium. They're just holding back as well now. So hopefully less pressure's on the builders and make sure when we do go in there, health and safety regulations have done what needs to be done. Levite, we are currently... Uh previewing the game up at Old Trafford so the next Monday night football where Spurs go up to OT, they have a pretty horrendous record up there what do you think Tottenham need to do to get a result this time? Um, just probably don't worry about United and how they're playing, just play our football because United defensively are still all over the place it's more about us trying to attack them because they'll, they'll eventually have a good time in the game where they're going to push us but I, I think Mourinho will be so defensive so we just should just capitalise on that OK then well, give me a little um, prediction on how the game's going to go I think 1-0 I think I don't think we'll win just because Joel Trafford 
Okay, one all. But listen, I've got a uh, Ricky opposite me who said he would take a point if you gave it to him now. But uh, thank you very much for your call, Levit. Much appreciated. Uh, all the way from Belfast. Keep listening. And if you're out there, you want to get involved in the conversation on all things Tottenham Hotspur for the last half hour or so, give us a shout, guys. The number is 0208 70 558 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. You are listening to the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with James Sherwood and Ricky and Jace from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. We're talking all things Tottenham Hotspur. We are previewing the game where Spurs are going up to Old Trafford somewhere they don't historically do well. Well, not in the last four years or so anyway. Uh, before we get back into that, though, boys, uh, an update out of Loftus Road. It's currently QPR nil, Bristol City one. Former England manager Steve McLaren is under some serious pressure there. Uh, just quick before we get on Tottenham, what did you make of McLaren going into QPR? I just, for me, it's very hard to rebuild a reputation when you've had obviously, was it his England downfall, yeah. the Wally with the Brolly. Roy Hodgson's not done too bad That's though. Too, yeah, Roy Hodgson's not done too bad, but I mean Steve McLaren, I just think he's a great coach, but he just seems to really, really struggle when he's managing players. That's his biggest problem. As a coach, he seems absolutely fantastic. Same as Glenn Hoddle, you know, a Spurs legend. You speak to so many ex-players. I mean, even Ledley King himself said that. He learned so much from Glenn. But when it comes to managing a group, it's a completely different situation. Maybe that's the case with McLaren. Maybe he's just a great coach and not a great manager. So number two, rather than the main man. Uh, well, who knows if he'll still have a job as the main man tomorrow at QPR. <laughs> QPR currently 1-0 down at home to Bristol City after taking that spanking at the weekend, 7-1 to West Brom. Uh, other scores, just to bring you real quick, in League 1, it's AFC Wimbledon 0, Warsaw 1, Charlton Athletic 0, Peterborough 0, Luton Town 2, Southend 0, and Plymouth 1, Wickham Wanderers 0. Uh, we are previewing Spurs' visit to Old Trafford for the the next Monday Night Football. But now, it's time for the Opposition View. The Opposition View on Love Sport. Gents, we have got Patrick Ward on the line to talk to us about all things Manchester United. We've discussed it, of course, but now from the Red Devils' perspective, it's going to be nice to hear from Patrick. Patrick, hello. Yeah, uh, hello. Uh, thanks for inviting me on Charles. Nice to be on that. No problem at all, matey. Good to have you on the line. So we've got the boys from Last Word on Spurs here. They're slightly worried that they could be uh, about to get some backlash from that uh, Brighton and Hove Albion result. Do you think your boys are going to deliver or does there seem to be a real wave of negativity around Manchester United at the moment? Uh, I, I think they're going to have to make up for the Brighton defeat. So I think that Tottenham lads have something to worry about, but... Personally, if I was to give a, a guess, I would go for a draw. So I don't think uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not feeling too confident myself as a United fan. I think United are too defensive at the minute. They're settling for one one nil advantages. Uh, so yeah. Um, so so even with such top. a good record in the last four years, let me mm. ask you a question and ask the boys in front of me from a Tottenham perspective. If I offered you a point now, would you take it as the home Manchester United team? I would not take a point, no. Okay, I, I like the optimism then. Um, Paul Pogba's been having a, Paul, Paul Pogba's yeah. been making a lot of noise about how everybody needs to step up for this game. Uh, him particularly, yeah. I guess, right, because he can change a game at any moment. 
I think Pogba was the right guy to give the captain band to. I think he's a uh, United should 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 uh, kind of make the last of Pogba. Uh, he's a, he's one of the best in the league, but uh, the, it's Mourinho. Mourinho's the tactics. He's got it all wrong. He's too defensive. Fred Fred is he's done he's done nothing that has impressed me. Uh, uh, and they're just they're, they're, they're non attacking they're just not an attacking football team anymore so um, I know United would happily take a 1-0 win over Spurs on, on Monday but if to get that I'd be surprised uh, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking more 1-1 one, one. Uh, yeah Is it fair to say in your opinion that if we control Lukaku we can win this game what do you think of that? If they can control Lukaku, yeah. If Tottenham can, if Tottenham can tr- control Lukaku, is that what's going to be able to lead us on to no, a win? Do you think? I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't. I, I think I think Pogba from outside the box, he could let one in. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think they need to man map uh, Lukaku throughout the match. Uh, United can sneak a goal in from anywhere. I mean, so uh, I don't think that would be uh, key to. Winning the game for for Tottenham's point of view, uh, I just think United will try and go for it in the first twenty minutes, nick a goal, uh, and and do the usual pack the bus, uh, and then somewhere along the line, I have a bad feeling Tottenham's going to get an equaliser and it's going to finish one-one. How disappointed have you? How disappointed have you been with Tottenham in the four years? Not so much week in, week out, but our last four visits, as I said, uh, Old Trafford, no goals, no save. David Agar has not made a single save in those four years. So, you know, people that have gone to watch those games at Old Trafford must be thinking, what, what on earth is this Tottenham side? You know, what, why is it so different from the Tottenham side that shows up every other week? I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Tottenham have a very good team. They don't have the quality of players United have, but they do have a better team spirit. They're more of an attacking team. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I reckon... Uh, I think the Tottenham fans, by the sounds of it, they don't sound very optimistic. But um, even looking at the pre-season friendlies, I think uh, they've won four of the five, or we've lost three or five. Uh, and then we've just lost against Brighton. So in the last six games, Tottenham's been much better formed than United has been. So uh, the only advantage we have at the minute is Old Trafford. Uh, so well, it's a huge yeah. advantage. Uh, looking at the form guide, I mean, Tottenham haven't beat Manchester United at Old Trafford since the first of January 2014. Long, long time ago. I mean, Adebayor scored for Spurs. That, that, that seems Brighton... like a generation ago. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time Brighton beat United? You know, last season. Last yeah. season. <laughs> last season. <laughs> so they've got they've got an even better. Yeah, Brighton, Brighton uh, got some form against United. Um, but yeah. but listen, matey. Uh, I, I do think I do think United are going to have. I think there's too many prima donnas at United. I mean, even after the Brighton game. Sanchez uh, was tweeting his his new fashion uh, brand that he's got out, and he was told to delete them. Uh, so you to, think there's not enough concentration know, on football from the footballers? I, 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 yeah, I don't think there is, and I think they, I think Mourinho likes giving them a ticking off uh, without sounding a bit uh, too scouse. 
Um, Ferguson used to give, um, you know, a good ticking off to the players and, 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 uh, and take it on board, whereas, you know, they seem a little oversensitive, the players. Uh, yeah, I would agree um, that someone like Fergie wouldn't stand for all the Instagram stuff that's happening with the likes of Pogba and Jesse Lingard now. Uh, but do you think maybe Mourinho just doesn't have the same kind of weight within the realms of Old Trafford, does he, to lay down the law like how Fergie could have once upon a time? I, I think he does. But I think once upon a time, there wasn't the social media. Uh, and there wasn't the prima donnas. You know, there wasn't the, like, Pogba's got a new hairstyle every every other day. Uh uh, I just think I think there's too many prima donnas in football nowadays, and Jose is a little bit more old-fashioned. He's a bit more like Ferguson, I, I think, uh, but it's not working in the same effect because of the the, the way of life nowadays. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, like you said, I think Pogba has more haircuts than goals scored every season. But listen, Patrick, thank you very much uh, for getting involved in our preview of the Manchester United Spurs game. Uh, it's the last 20 minutes or so on Tottenham Hotspur if you're listening out there. So if you want to give us a shout, it's 0208 70 or at Love Sport Radio across the socials. 558 AM. Love Sport. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to one million pounds. You are listening to the last few moments of the Tottenham Hotspur Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. If you want to get involved in the conversation for the last 15 minutes or so, give us a shout. It's 0208 70 like Cameron has done, who's on the line now. Cameron, hello. Oh, hello. Very good to hear from you. Um, I understand you want to get into this preview that is Manchester United versus Spurs. Have you got any questions for the last word on Spurs, boys, in front of me about the big fixture coming up? Uh, yeah. Um, basically, like, do you think, like, uh, on the wing, like, Lucas or Lamella will start? Because Lamella really impressed the other day. Um, and I think, because unless Lucas plays on the left, uh, I don't see them both fitting in the team. So I want to know what like, you, you think. I agree with you, Cameron. I think it'll be either one or the other. For me personally, I would go with Lucas. I know many people seem to think he had a bit of a dip in that game at the weekend against Fulham, but he did get his goal. And therefore, if you want to continue the rhythm, I think you do start Lucas. But I mean, Lamella, when he came on, as I'm sure you're going to notice as well, what we said about him, the, the run he made from midfield for Kane's goal. I mean, you would argue and say he's done enough from the bench to also justify his selection. What would you do, Cameron? You're the manager. You're Pochettino. Um, Who would you go for? I would... I'd go with Lucas because uh, where Lamella impressed, um, I just don't think he's the same level as Lucas at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I think it will be nice to see if Lamella like progresses this season. We've talked, Cameron, because, about. Like, over, sorry. Oh yep. no, no, no problem. Sorry, I thought you'd finish. Carry on your point. No, I was just saying. Uh, like, over the ca- past couple of years, like obviously he had the injury Lamella, and he's been like sort of like on the point of becoming good, but he's not quite there. So this season will be interesting to see how if he like develops into the player that we thought it was going to be when we signed him. Well, I, I talked a, a little bit a few minutes ago about I want to see Tottenham players now develop this real personality and stand up in big moments. And Eric Lamella's another one. I don't want Eric Lamella to have a good 10 minutes here and there. I don't want him to have one good game and then three iffy ones. Eric Lamella's been a player now for five years. And obviously with injury problems and things that have happened, he hasn't yet nailed down a first-team shirt. 
and I want to see Eric Lamella deliver genuine first team performances for 90 minutes consistently because we all know the talent is in Eric Lamella but it's got to be more than just five minutes here or there it's got to be a lot more consistent from him do you think that's a fair assessment Cameron yeah, I think the same could be said for Lucas last season, but hopefully he got kicking on now, settling in with the uh, squad. Do, do fans have to be a little bit more patient? I know, I know Lamella's had a good few seasons, but Just someone like Lucas Mora, I mean, he only arrived halfway through last season, and we got to understand, as human beings, you know, the, the, the cultural differences, the language barrier, even for Lamella, when he come in, I mean, he was such a young man yep. and bought for big money to try and fill the void of Gareth Bow. That's a, that was a ridiculous ask, wasn't it? It was. I mean, um, go on, Cam. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think because uh, th- wasn't he like only twenty when we signed him? Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, well, obviously, like Bale was like coming to his peak. I, I don't think at the time he was like he should have been the player to sign as a replacement. We should have instead of buying all the players that we bought, we should have spent that money on two like top class players yeah. instead of all like these seven players like Kapui turned out to be like awful <laughs> and stuff for us. Yeah. He's doing well for Watford though. I tell you, Essie and yeah. Kapoor turned out to be a lot better than Vlad Kirikes, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, right. look at, looking at the game that's coming uh, next week, Cameron, what do Tottenham need to do to improve this run of form at Old Trafford? How do they need to approach the um, game? Well, I think with the two centre-backs, Bai and Lindelof, I think they're very dodgy. Like, I think is one of the most overrated players in the league. Uh, and I think with Lucas, if he's playing Lucas, his pace could exploit them. And then we need to get Kane into positions where he can actually receive the ball. Because against Newcastle, Kane was pretty... In my opinion, I was at the game, he was like quite isolated. And uh, I think that's what we... With Kane, we need to improve service to him. Right. Spot and on. I think against Man United, we need to get, get Kane into a position where we can get the ball to him. Because he's obviously our main threat. So who should be responsible for getting the ball to him more? I mean, you've got, what, Deli Ali in there, Christian Eriksen. We're talking about Lucas Moore and now Eric Lamella. Surely this should mm-hmm. be at their feet, you know, give the ball into Harry. Do you think yeah. that there's a void there that maybe should have been sorted and addressed in the summer transfer window? Well, yeah, I think uh, in the transfer window, uh, we, should, we should have gone in for someone like Kovacic that went to Chelsea. Like, even yeah. if it was a loan deal, Good he would have been perfect yeah, for us. We all said it, Cameron. We, did all, be honest, we, all, we all said that. I think he would have come in, and you're right, he would have been one of those players that would have automatically improved the side. But um, the Cameron, the thing is, the window's shut, isn't it, now? We, we've got to just move on mm-hmm. with the squad. We have got six points out of six. I think the question is, you know, can we go to Old Trafford with real belief that we can get something up there? And like Jay says, maybe just not settle for a point, go there to actually win the game. Well, I don't really know. Because we always struggle at Old Trafford. And it's like, it, it doesn't even matter if we're in good form and they're in awful form. We always struggle there. Like, whenever I've seen us play there, we've, like, I'm pretty sure we've won like twice there. When yep. I've seen us play there. In the last um, 11 years, two wins and nine defeats, I believe. You might yeah. be cheering us up, Cameron. <laughs> you might be cheering us up. Uh, I, I think we can do it because yeah. of their form, but I just think like it's going to be a tough task. Well, Cameron, Ricky in front of me said he would take a point now if he could. Um, final question then. Give me a prediction. How's it going to go? The next Monday night football, Manchester United versus um, Spurs at Old Trafford. 
I think we're going to get a 2-1 win. 2-1 oh. win. On, we like the optimism coming from Cameron. Thank you very much for the call there. Much appreciated. Uh, it's the last 12 minutes or so, gents. I've got to say, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed getting all Spurs. It's not been a pleasure for us. you sitting in that shirt. Nearly two, two hours. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening, I've got some old school Arsenal JVC top on. Just because more than anything, I wanted to stoke the fire and feel the passion from the last word on Spurs boys this evening. I'm, I'm surprised a Cholton fan could wear their rival shirt. My their old, direct rivals. Well, my old man supports Arsenal, you see. And like you said, look, that's my area. So oh. maybe there's a little bit of me, there's a little bit of Cholton and a little bit of When's Woolwich. That, what time is that Woolwich ferry leave? What time is that, that <laughs> ferry service About stop? 11 and a half minutes. <laughs> uh, boys, I want to ask you, uh, as we start to round down the uh, Tottenham fan show before we get into Brentford after the top of the hour, um, what would be a good season? for you this year? Oh God, we ask that question so much, aren't we? I mean, for me personally, it gets to the point now with, like we said about Pochettino, for five years in charge, what have you got to show for it? And don't get me wrong, he's taken the club on an unbelievable journey from, you know, fifth, top four, you know, getting us in the Champions League now on a regular basis. But at the end of the day, you are judged on what you win. And I'm not going to sit here and be like an Arsenal fan and say top four is a trophy. It's not for us. We do want to start winning trophies. So I think this season... There has to be some aspect of silverware. But I agree with what Jason said in the past. That it's no good winning a League Cup and finishing fifth. That's no good to us. For Spurs, we need to maintain our place in the Champions League as a minimum and look to win an FA Cup. So not a League Cup. Would that not be good enough, Jase? Well, I think uh, a top four spot and the League. Yeah. I mean, even if yeah. it is the League Cup. <coughs> but the League Cup on its own certainly isn't enough. And, right. and the problem with that League Cup, Pochettino disrespect. We, he does disrespect the competition. Well, he looks at it and you think so, Jace, you, you've got a draw in the middle of Beijing at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> They've now got away with. There's not even extra time now. Is there? We go straight to penalties. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got you got a fast where we'll have a home tie probably on an away ground, and you kind of feel it's like a. It's not much, it doesn't feel like it's much more important than the, the ICC trophy in the summer was. I mean, it's, it's a mishmash of a trophy yeah. at the moment. And, and I kind of think that probably doesn't help his, his thing. But, I mean, at least it would be some silverware. Because, you know, you, you still look at it. Man United haven't been afraid to win it. Man City haven't been afraid to win it. Uh, Chelsea haven't been afraid to win it. And big clubs win big trophies. That's and it's thing. still a trophy. So, you know, if it is a League Cup, it happens to be the League Cup, so be it. But... It's got to come with top four football, just not on its own. Uh, before we get back into that, sorry, you may have heard just that exasperation oozing out of me. Uh, latest score from Loftus Road is now QPR nil, Bristol City 2. You're getting sacked in the morning. Ah, oh, you're getting sacked in the morning, Mr McLaren, I think. Uh, it'll be interesting to get Paul Mortimer's thoughts on that if he's back in with Joe Forrester tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but you are currently listening to the Spurs fan show here on Love Sport Radio with James Sherwood and the last word on Spurs guys Ricky and Jace so boys you've mentioned that top four and a trophy it is what needs to happen to be a good season let's go to the realistic side of things though can this squad deliver on that yeah it, it definitely can do I mean we've seen us play in semi-finals we've reached a final under Pochettino it's it's like I said earlier it's it's realising those players have got to dominate and really put that personality down on that and if you do that it's you know the fact that we've got to semi-finals you've only asking for them to do it once more and so you're one game away but you will have to beat let's be fair about it if you're going to win a trophy at some stage you're going to have to beat 
Chelsea, Manchester City, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool. One of those five is going to, at least one of them will be on your path to, to winning that trophy. And you've got to deliver on that exact day that matters without home advantage. So what is it about that final hurdle that keeps knocking down Tottenham every time at the moment? Well, people will argue that maybe we do just lack, you know, Kane is a fantastic goal scorer, don't get me wrong. But does this squad lack a winner? Or winners. You know, that was the biggest argument in the summer about trying to go out and find players who have actually won trophies, who have that winning mentality to get us over the line. I kind of think about the time, you know, Jason, we brought Edgar Davids in, and don't get me wrong, the squad then wasn't anywhere near what it is now. But when we brought Davids in, that did help the squad kind of get to the point of where we were pushing the top five place in the league. Looking ahead to Champions League. I guess Just it's the, the air that comes out of that yeah. kind of individual of maturity yeah. and success. Yeah, it is. And, and Edgar Davies is the type of player that would look at this squad and he'd, he would say to an Eric Dyer or a Christian Eriksen or a, or a Ben Davis or a Victor Wanyama, Oi, your performance, you might have played well for the last 10 weeks, but this is, this is Chelsea away and I need to count on you today. That's it. And there's, yeah. there's no... There's no excuses. If if you make a mistake today, I'm having you in that dressing room. I'm not tolerating any more excuses from you. Don't tell me, oh, Lukaku's a big, strong lad and he's coming through me at the back post. I don't want to hear that. It's up to you to do your jobs. And, and perhaps it is that little bit more ruthlessness, little bit more toughness, perhaps that has to come from Pochettino yeah. a little bit as well. It has to come from your captain. I was pleased that Harry Kane was talking this week about saying, now is the time. There's no more excuses and and if players make those mistakes now, we can't look at them as the popular players and say, yeah, but who can we get to replace them? We've got to be more tough on those players and say, however popular the ones are, if you're not doing it, it's, it's time that if you can't do it, off you go. Mm. Also, tactically, I know you're saying that maybe uh, Pochettino needs to be a little bit stronger, but tactically, maybe needs to develop slightly. Even Pep, I well, think, has, has done this in more recent times, i.e. changing the way that you're playing depending on game management. To be fair to Poch, you know what I mean? It's very hard to criticise him tactically because in the last game, his substitutions against Fulham completely changed it. Fair enough. So fair point. what I would say last season, looking at it, you know, again, we did say the Man United game, the Juve game for me personally. I know Jace had his own thoughts on the Juve game. I think Pochettino was too late to react in terms of his substitutions, where he was more reactive rather than proactive. Yeah. But I do think this season there seems to have been a little change in him. You know, we're seeing his press conferences as well. He's just getting a little bit more, I thought we'd say, Jace, the word would say more comfortable. I mean, he just seems to be very much more, you know, very firm in the way he delivers his messages now. I just wonder whether that's a change inside of him as well, where maybe he's becoming more ruthless. Well, again, I think maybe he's a little bit more demanding of the players now. Perhaps, perhaps, as I say, perhaps he's now fed up of thinking, yep, you're, you're my... But, I mean, the, the core group of that squad, let's be fair about it, is if you look at the team, uh, Hugo Lloris, Jan Vertonghen, Eric Dyer, Christian Eriksen, Eric Lamella, Harry Kane, they were all there when he was there on day one. And so perhaps he's starting to think, do you know what, is there one or two weaknesses in the group that I really thought was strong? Is there still one or two weaknesses within them? And perhaps perhaps he's got to really drive a, drive a tougher, tougher response from those players. Well, like I said to you boys, uh, from a London-centric perspective, as long as they're not playing Cholton, I always <laughs> cheer on the other London clubs. And that includes Tottenham Hotspur, as I sit here in an old-school Arsenal shirt. I, I'm really hoping that Tottenham go on to do uh, some good stuff up at the top of the league because I think they will be the ones representing Chelsea and Arsenal seem a little bit off the boil um, at the moment. Let's say you're up there and it gets to January, what needs to come in in the transfer window? 
God, I feel like it was only just shut. But yeah, what needs to come in? I bet Jason Aitken is sitting here talking about who's playing. <laughs> I don't recover from the last transfer. He hasn't window recovered yet. from the last one. <laughs> um, for me, again, I do think we'll have to look at that central midfield area again, depending on when Dem- where Dembele is at, where Harry Winks is at. If there is the opportunity to bring in, you know, a central midfielder that's going to improve the squad. I'm game. Well, that is the Tottenham Fan Show done on Love Sport Radio for your Tuesday night. It's been the boys from the last word on Spurs podcast, Ricky and Jace. Boys, want to give you a Twitter shout out before you leave? Of course. At last word on Spurs. And you can catch me, Ricky Sachs, at Rick Spur and Jace. At THFC since 76. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.